0: Good evening. Good evening, and welcome to our fourth and final midweek uh, Advent evening prayer service. This evening we'll be hearing from the appointed Psalm this, uh, for this week, which is Psalm 111, and then also from 1 Thessalonians as we look forward to the great and glorious return of our King and Savior, Jesus Christ. At this time, we'll now sing the first hymn. And before I forget, just a reminder, if the children have not received uh, their gift bag from uh, their midweek school teachers, they can get that at the end of worship this evening. And, of course, we are so very thankful for our teachers uh, and volunteers as they helped with, uh, with the Christmas program and getting all that put together. Again, we now sing our first hymn. The first reading is from Psalm Or is Psalm one hundred and eleven. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, in the company of the upright and the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. O Lord, have mercy on us. Be to God. The second reading is from First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now, in last he has spoken to us by your Son. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text for this evening is Psalm 111, which was read just a moment ago. Well, beloved in the Lord, we're almost there. Our annual celebration of our Lord's incarnation is nearly upon us again, just a few days away. Does that bring you excitement or perhaps just a little anxiety at this point? Maybe it's a little bit of both, or maybe for some of you it's neither. Perhaps you're one of those folks that's just bored with it already. You want it to be over just so that it'll all be, well, over, right? You see, preparations for big events and celebrations, they can leave you with a lot of thoughts and feelings. And if you happen to be a human being, you don't always know how to sort out those thoughts and feelings. In fact, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas, I think that we would do well for a moment just to pause. Just to pause and stop focusing on your preparations. In fact, stop thinking about what you are doing to get ready and just rest. Rest for a moment and the great works God has already done for you. You see, the occasion we are getting ready to celebrate is not about what you are preparing to give God, let alone someone else. The occasion we are preparing for is all about the great works which God has already done and continues to do for you, his people. The psalmist writes, Great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them. In the midst of the hustle and bustle of Advent, in the first 23 days of December, have you stopped at any point in all of this rush to just wonder at what God has done for you and what this is all truly about? The world around us has already forgotten this a long time ago. I mean, sure, we still get the passing reference to Christmas instead of generic holidays, but how much of that is just targeted marketing? To those who prefer to hear Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. At a time of the year when we would do well to sit at the feet of our Lord like awestruck children hanging on his every word. Well, the temptation is to gather together with the world around the closest screen so that we can be dumbstruck by whatever distraction of the moment happens to have been chosen for us by some random marketing department. The psalmist says this. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. In other words, what he's saying is that his praise is not half hearted and that it is given to God in the company of the upright in the congregation. In other words, other Christians gathered around God's word at his temple in his sanctuary. Now, this may seem like the stereotypical preaching to the choir, especially since we just listened to the children recount the birth of the Christ Child. But nevertheless, it does bear worth, or it is worth mentioning, that all too often our hearts are divided within us. In some ways, that is the definition of what Luther would call being simul justus et peccator—that is, at the same time, saint and sinner. You see, the new creation God has made us to be in baptism, it longs to hear of the great works of the Lord and never tires of it. But the old Adam, meanwhile, that is our old sinful flesh, well, it loathes and hates the works of God and only desires to see and hear what will, well, pleasure our flesh at the moment. But dear saints in Christ, realize that everything good in your life is from the hand of God. Even if you've experienced great tragedy in your life, there are still countless great works which the Lord has done for you and for your benefit. Take, for instance, you. What I mean by that is this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were knit together in your mother's womb, a mighty work of the Lord which he himself experienced in the womb of his virgin mother. Every morsel of food that has Ever crossed your lips? It was given to you by the one who provides food to those who fear Him, as the psalmist writes. The air in your lungs was given to you by the Creator of the stars of night. You see, you breathe and sigh and pray and praise because He is the one who has authored all of your days. Full of splendor and majesty is His work, and His righteousness endures forever. You know, it must have seemed so strangely mundane to look upon the Son of God in mortal flesh. I mean, here is one of the greatest, highest, most holy mysteries. God in human flesh, born of the Virgin, and yet he was a baby. Have any of you ever seen a baby? Yeah, I thought so. Well, despite this, you see, this was no garden variety Gerber baby here. This child is... God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. You see, the world scoffs at this great work of God, and yet it was for this darkened, sinful world that the light of light has shown upon us his grace and his mercy In the psalm we heard, he has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. You see, that Christ child didn't stay a child at all. St. Luke writes, he grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. He who is the word made flesh, he grew up hearing and studying the great works of his Father in heaven until the time was right for his appearing before Israel and indeed the whole world. Then, after his cousin, John the Baptist, announced his coming and baptized him in order to fulfill all righteousness, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, well, he began doing great works of his own. And see, all these great works, they had been long foretold by the prophets. At his word, sickness fled, demons, they were cast out, religious hypocrites were silenced, and the dead were raised. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. Well, he has caused the people to remember his wondrous works. Christ Jesus showed himself to be gracious and merciful, to be faithful and just. His word is trustworthy and true. And then again, at the proper time, Christ Jesus handed himself over to sinful men. Those who had shouted, Hosanna, and strew his way with palms, just a week later shouted, Crucify! Crucify him! And when human authorities had washed their hands of the whole sordid affair, the Lord showed forth to the utmost that the works of his hands are faithful and just, as those same hands were nailed to the cross for you to secure your forgiveness, your salvation. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. See, the Lord accomplished his great work of redemption, and he cried out, It is finished. It is accomplished. It is fulfilled. He then bowed his head and gave over the Spirit. And it is this same Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son who causes you to remember the Lord's wondrous works. As Jesus promised his apostles, the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so it was on Pentecost that our risen and ascended Lord fulfilled the prophet's words yet again, the words of Joel, and he poured out the Spirit on all flesh. The gospel of Christ crucified went out to the world and the people gathered there on that day were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each, and each of us in his own native language? We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Dear saints in Christ, as we draw closer to the celebration of our Lord's incarnation, let it wash over you anew, Stand with the shepherds in the field that night. Feel the cool air. Feel those hairs stand up on the back of your neck because you know something is happening. Be filled with awe, wonder, and holy fear at the appearance of God's holy angels. Hear the sheep bleeding nervously and be overwhelmed by the praise of the heavenly host surrounding you. The great works of God were accomplished in the presence of plain, ordinary people like you and like me. Those great works of God were performed for the forgiveness and salvation of plain, ordinary sinners like you and like me. How does God love you? We see it right here. He took on human flesh. He took on your flesh, your sin, your punishment in order to redeem your flesh, forgive your sin, and make you righteous in His sight. And so He has. God be praised. As the psalmist has said, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is His work, and His righteousness endures forever. He has caused His wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. As this season of Advent will all too soon fade into Christmastide, remember that your gracious and merciful Lord, well, He's not done yet. He continues to come to you now in His word and sacraments feeding you, sustaining you, forgiving you, giving you his grace and his mercy, bought with his blood on the cross and delivered by those same means of word and sacrament. And by his spirit, he brings to your remembrance all he has done for you and at the proper time. Oh, what a great time that'll be. He'll come again. He'll return for you and all believers in Christ. The creator of the stars of night, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. This upcoming week here, of course, we have our Christmas services, and as is often the case when I'm standing up in front of people, I need my piece of paper to tell me so that I don't forget. But we have our Christmas Eve evening prayer at 5 p.m. And then the next day, Christmas Day, as we celebrate in earnest the incarnation of our Lord, we'll have divine service at 9 a.m. And then also, because it's a marathon this year, uh, the first Sunday after Christmas falls the day after Christmas. And so then please join us also for divine service on that day where we will rejoice with Simeon, which is, of course, that final hymn we just sung uh, is sort of a, a... a retooling, if you will. Martin Luther's version of the New Dimittas, the Song of Simeon. So we'll rejoice to receive our Savior and receive our salvation from Him who is our gracious God and King. God's peace be with you as you go into this Christmas tide. I'll greet you at the door.